I'm Sausage Monteith, and you're listening to Tarot for Picks. So this is episode 49 of Remembering Happy Meal Toys. Uh, it's pretty much just half an hour of me, Daddy Hamburg, remembering Happy Meal Toys, sometimes joined by a guest, but not today. It's a brand new episode of The Science of Rooftops. Well, I believe the Australian dollar's uh, dimension, the, the diameter is 25 millimetres. Yeah. Because I know the 10 cent piece uh-huh. is 19.4 millimetres. Hello and welcome to the Soundy Podcast, the podcast of podcasts. It's a one-stop shop for all the best podcasts this week. You've just heard a clip from our international podcast, How Wide Is Your Coinage? And if you're enjoying that show, be sure to keep an eye out for next month's Just The Measurement special. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of Soundy Pink. Soundy Pink is currently the proud home of 981 brilliant podcasts and about 72 other ones. From crimes and how to do them to Gordon Ramsay tastes electrics, we've got something for everyone, and quite a few things for no one at all. If you don't know where to start, start here with the Sound Heat Podcast. Coming up in the show, a clip from last week's extraordinary episode of How to Put Out a Raging Fire, brackets, mainly guesses, close brackets, in which host Gregory Shame is joined by a fire truther. That is, someone who believes fires don't actually exist. What got you into this uh, new way of thinking? Facebook, YouTube, you know. Uh, is there a fire.co.uk? Click on it. Is there a fire? It says no. First, a clip from our documentary series Untold Tellings Told. In Untold Tellings Told, Shepherd and Foresight find stories that haven't previously been told and tells them. Yeah, they said as we came in, did we want to do an add-on onto the ticket? We bought a family ticket online, and when we arrived, they said, oh, we've got a special event today, do you want to have an add-on? So, like, you know, Dave said, yeah, all right, it's a birthday trip, let's have an add-on. We didn't really ask many questions about it, and then we kind of just sort of started to make our way around, and we noticed a big crowd gathering to one side, and there was, I don't know what the word is, baying? Maybe baying is the word I would use. Uh, it's not a noise that I would necessarily associate with Chessington Wilds Adventures because we've been there before. Uh, we went for Amelia's 11th birthday last year and also her 10th birthday the year before that. So we joined the back of the crowd and I could smell burning and I assumed it was some sort of open-air barbecue. So we kind of pushed ourselves to the front a little bit and, um, yeah, people were really starting to scream and really get into it and I thought this is a very over-enthusiastic response for an open-air barbecue, but fair enough. Um, and as we got closer to the front, uh, Dave, who's taller than me, suddenly went quiet he went oh my god oh my god fliss i think they're barbecuing a woman like a real woman the witch trials of chessington world of adventures and amelia wanted to see so dave put her up on his shoulders uh, and really it was when she started really sort of screaming and crying um that we thought perhaps this barbecue wasn't for us Morale is low among the staff. I spoke to Emily, not her real name, a woman who works on the stand that sells sausages, not real sausages. They're saying she's a witch. Brenda, my Brenda. She's got a bit of acid reflux and uh, she's quite intense as a person, but I wouldn't say she's a witch, do you know what I mean? 
they're saying that she um, uh, put a spell on her husband so that he had an erection for about 12 hours, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> sign me up, don't you reckon? <laughs> they're dunking her uh, in water by the log flumes and stuff. I think it's really out of order. I mean, what are we living in, the 1800s or something, or the 1990s? I don't know. You can't just dunk a woman's head under the water because you think, you know, she's she's put a spell on her, on her partner. I've been out there protesting with some other staff members. I've got um, Kathy from the canteen um, with me. We've made some placards, you know, Brenda's not a witch. But, like mustard on something like a sausage, paranoia is spreading. I don't want to be rude or anything, but I think Margaret, in uh, you know, she she runs the the the, the Wurlitzers, and I, I think that you know she she really she's just got to get it. I, th- I think I think there's some there's there's something spinning in her eyes, um, and you know she. She went out with my Daniel, so I think she should burn, really. I think, Margaret, Margaret, you, you need to get it. Why don't you take Brenda's place? Let's get, let's get Brenda down from there. Is that, that's, yeah, it's going on the next sign, I think. In recent years, mainly on social media, people have started to ask whether witch trials might be unethical. But in business terms, there's just one question that matters. What do the customers think? It got a bit tasteless, actually, towards the end. And, uh, you know, like screaming, like, like filthy witch, what, see her burn, see her burn, see her blister, see her blister, see her eyes burn and melt. And I just thought, mm. it didn't feel very birthday-ish. Will you be going back next year? Oh, we'll definitely go back next year. Oh, yeah, for Amelia's 13th. I mean, we always go. She'd be disappointed. Marks out of 10? I'd give the witch burning 10 out of 10. I didn't like it, but they did burn a witch. Thanks to Shepherd and Foresight for finding stuff out. You're very welcome. If you like true crime, then Soundheap have you covered. We have dozens of true crime podcasts, such as Jim and Joan Remember Historical Burglaries in the Chesley Street area and Murders Recounted in a Rhythmic Way so you can work out while you listen. But what if you don't like true crime? Then try Made Up Crimes with Jen Comp and Sam Pultis. I've got an idea for a crime, which is oh, yes. um, pretending to be a fireman. Oh. Because I think it is a crime to impersonate a policeman, but oh, definitely. fireman is a bit of a grey area. You'd sort of yeah. you'd show up at a, at a burning building and you'd have all the gear and stuff, but then when people turned to you for help, they, you'd say, well, I, I, I don't know how to do this, actually. I'm not a fireman. I just... I just I just had this on. Yeah. Am I not allowed? I just had just this on clothes. and I was passing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just in the area. Yeah. I, I like to be I like to be protected. It would actually that should be a crime because you know you could kill a lot of people by uh by being a, by looking like a fireman but being underqualified. Well, because they'd be there and they'd all get their phones out and they'd think, "Oh, we don't need to call." They're aware of the situation. They're aware of it. And then after about 10 minutes with no water coming out of your hose, they'd be looking at you like, "Um, Oh, are you God. are you going to crack on? Yeah, that's good. I thought would it be good a crap if to do a murder, but but nobody dies. Now, can you talk me through how that would be? Well, I suppose you 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 stab them, but they live. Hmm. I mean, that still is a crime, isn't it? Though. 
Yes, like yes. I, I think you're not allowed to stab people. There's almost a, blank, oh, a blanket right, ban yes. on it, I think. Well, a poisoning, then. If you poison someone with a placebo... That might be a nice thing to do if you're a sort of junior poisoner and you're just trying to learn some of the skills, you know? Yes. They, yes. That's probably what they do do, in fact. When they're training you up, they start you off with a... Say, put this in his tea, and in five minutes he's going to feel exactly the same, but you'll know. You're listening to the Soundheap podcast. Soundheap. Oh, yeah. Now, you'd be forgiven for thinking we only make good podcasts here at Soundheap Inc., but no, we make some absolutely terrible ones too. Take pepper on my ding-dong. It's just awful. This guy, right, he has a, a pepper grinder and he pretends to be a waiter, right? Yeah, and he says, uh, what do you like as some pepper on your ding-dong? And he also pretends to be a customer, right, yeah, who says, uh, yes. Oh, it's an embarrassment to the network. I suppose this is the waiter of the restaurant. Yes, I'm a waiter, yes. Oh, you have an enormous uh, pepper grinder. Uh, what's what are you going to do with that? Yes, I got your pepper grinder. I got you. Uh, I wanted to ask you if you'd like a bit of pepper on your ding dong. Oh, uh, sorry. Could could you repeat that? Uh, well, yeah, I was just asking. Would you like some pepper on your ding dong? Oh, well, y- uh, yes, yes, please. Okay, here we go. A little bit of pepper on your ding dong. Okay, would you like a little bit more pepper on your ding dong? Well, I, I don't know. I have a wife. I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'll just put a little bit more pepper on your ding dong. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of Pepper on My Ding Dong. Uh, please remember to like and subscribe. Just awful. Right, what have we got? Uh, oh yeah, oh, uh, here's a clip from Tennyson Barker's podcast called Roundtable Discussions. It's a show in which Tennyson is joined by a variety of guests for uncompromising roundtable discussions. Here we go. Okay, uh, let's begin at the beginning. Roundtables, good or bad? Good, good. Solid good. There's so many, um, you know, benefits. Uh, could you list any? Oh, right, yeah. Uh, the ra- First of all, circle is a lovely shape, in my opinion. So, uh, not it's not an aggressive shape. I think a, a square is an aggressive shape, pointy. Um, and then you got you've got that standard uh, King Arthur thing, haven't you? Everyone sort of everyone's equal. I mean, I don't really know what what his idea was there because he's still got people sitting next to him, so they are more important. But maybe if he sat in the middle, uh, like in the middle of the table, then it, it would, would be. He, would he sit fairer? on a on a on a lazy Susan so he can turn? Yeah, I think so. Her. And then he just. Turn and talk to whoever's uh, whoever's speaking. Hmm. But it's anyone could grab diplomatic. that lazy Susan, turn him round if they if they thought, no, I don't want to speak to you now. They could turn round King Arthur. That's going to undermine mm. the king, is it not? Yeah. Well, not if not if Guinevere has a pedal. You know, someone else not at the table is in charge. You mean a sort of, of like a, a like a pottery pedal to spin him round. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the so, image here is of King know, Arthur in the middle of the table on a lazy Susan uh, spinning. Uh, spinning pot-like, uh, just barking out orders to all and sundry. Yeah, that's, uh, that's diplomacy at its finest, I think. Whatever thoughts you may have on the British justice system, you've probably wondered about prison and what it's like, unless you're listening to this in prison, in which case you're more likely to be wondering what prison isn't like. Rewrite this link later. Now a clip from Twitching in the Slammer, the secret world of prison bird watchers. Are there a lot of bird watchers in your in your jail? Oh, I think we've got about um, close up to forty. And that's out of how many people? Forty-one. Forty-one. 
And do you find they're... Uh, are they able to watch birds while they're in jail? Are they able to... Well, they do their best. It's, uh, it's very difficult. Um, sometimes uh, you'll get a pigeon wanders in and uh, it's pandemonium. We usually have to uh, instigate a lockdown because uh, that pigeon is you know, nearly watched to death. The bird watchers uh, will uh, break out their cells uh, with using sheer force, uh, which is uh, propelled by their enthusiasm to see a bird, and then they will uh, leap over the side of the railings and uh, to get to the bird, and then they'll just watch it. They'll watch it until they're dragged away and thrown back into their cells again. It's it can get very ugly. Well, I think it's uh, it's nabby pamby liberalism, isn't it? Really, I mean, uh, they're there to suffer. They're there to uh, pay back for the crimes that they've done. And quite frankly, I don't think it's much of a punishment to uh, have a lag sitting there uh, looking at a hummingbird. Is that punishment, you think? You think uh, do you think uh, uh, it's painful to uh, a prisoner to sit there with a golden eagle flapping over a soup tureen? No, it isn't. Uh, you know, obviously, it's, uh, it's a personal point of view. It's not uh, one that I officially hold as a prison god. I'd throw uh, dead birds at them. I'd throw dead birds at them and I'd say, uh, look at that. Watch that, you say. I'd say to them. And then I'd uh, dance, uh, I'd dance as I watch them cry. That's, that's what I do. That, that's, that's just a personal point of view. It's not officially my point of view as a uh, uh, prison god. Have you ever looked at an egg and burst out laughing? Then Britain's Funniest Eggs might be the show for you. In it, host Chris Evans, not that one, or, or that one, chats to callers about, you guessed it, Britain's Funniest Eggs. So thanks for calling, and... Um... Uh, yeah, tell me about this egg. I mean, this, you know, this egg, God, it, it was it was cracking. Sorry. <laughs> but no. oh, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah no, no, but sorry, this egg really, I mean, it could tell some yolks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. But if you could actually just talk about the egg, that would be great. That was actually one of the yolks. It, <laughs> sorry, it told me I was just thinking back to it. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a very funny, very, very funny egg. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. But no, in terms of in terms of the egg itself, well, um, do, do you want me to tell me what it looked like, or I just what was funny about this egg? What was funny about the egg? Right, sure, okay. Well, I mean, have you ever seen egg wear glasses? <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> I haven't seen the scrambled egg wear glasses before, and it was no, there. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. But I think you know more than that. I think it was the Hitler moustache, really, that um, that, right. that, that made me laugh. Um, so it sounds a bit uh, uh, risque. I don't know, like um, quite an edgy egg. I mean, I think it was ironic. You know, yeah, it was it was wearing it ironically, but uh, uh, for me, it was just hilarious. Oh, it sounds hilarious. You Probably laughed, didn't you? BBC, will it? Let's be honest. They, they don't make that kind of comedy anymore, do they? So yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's why I'm aren't there saying. why aren't there more eggs like that on the BBC? That's what I say. Why aren't there more eggs like that on the BBC? Huh? What, what? Why aren't the BBC putting eggs like that on? I know there's a lot you of left wing, a lot of left wing eggs on the BBC. I think there's a lot um, of left wing eggs on the BBC, but where are the where are the the the, the eggs making uh, jokes like that? Just 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 funny jokes. All right, he's wearing a Hitler moustache, but is that offensive? 
I don't think it's offensive. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I, I happen to think it was funny, and I pay, I pay my license fee. So why isn't that egg on the BBC? Have you got a story about a funny egg? Or maybe you've heard a story about a funny egg. Or maybe you are a funny egg yourself. If you have, why not call Chris Evans? Not that one, or that one. Or that one, actually, I forgot my name. Just dial 999, and when they say, which emergency service do you need, say, I don't. I've got a story about a funny egg. Why not follow us on Twitter, at SoundTPink. This week, SOSCast, the apology podcast, wants to hear from you if you have an apology to make about something that happened on, in, or near the sea. That's for their upcoming Maritime Apology Special. SoundTP. Here's a question for you. Do you find praying difficult? Does it feel like you're just hurling requests into the void? If you do, you might like our new podcast, Loving God Prayer Simulator. Put it on while you pray to make it feel like someone who cares is up there listening. Loving God Prayer Simulator there. I'm not a religious man myself, but I've always preferred kneeling to standing. It feels safer. Less far to fall. Gregory Shame has been hosting How to Put Out a Raging Fire, brackets mainly guesses, close brackets, for a few years now. And in that time, he's built up a respectable audience. It seems a lot of people want to listen to people who don't know how to put out a fire speculating about how to put a fire out. But streams and download numbers for the most recent episode went through the roof. Why was it so popular? Perhaps because this week's guest was Jerry Faraz, a powerful voice in the growing community of fire truthers. That is, people who don't believe fires exist. Let's take a listen. In your opinion, then, the way to put out a fire is simply to stop believing in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the way you'd kill a fairy. Very similar. I've done it all, all my all my life. Well, all my life since getting into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not had one problem since. When you see it, when you walk up mm. to what appears to be a fire, are you able to um, 
see through that uh, fiction as you see it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Walk right through it. Mm-hmm. Not really. You'd walk around it. Just walk in case. around it. Just in yeah. case. But I don't believe. But you, you wouldn't walk through. You wouldn't walk directly through it. You wouldn't crawl in it. Uh-huh. Crawl around it. But I mean, I suppose you could also say that there's, there's all this wood in the middle. I mean, that's that's going to get get mm. in your way anyway. Even exactly. Now, and this is the problem. Uh, ask one of the you know liberal whatever side of whatever whatever you're on. Would you crawl on some wood? They'd say absolutely, categorically not. Put the fire on the wood, and suddenly they're saying you're going to get in the fire. You're going to die. I'm saying, my friend, you wouldn't have even got on the wood earlier. Mm. And and this is debate these days. The, the heat, I suppose, that's the next question. Yeah. Um, what when I I I have felt heat coming yeah. uh, from a fire. I felt that. I you know um, what okay, am I feeling? Where? Where? So the last fire I I, I saw it, it was in March. Uh, I was at a sort of glamping site. You know, it's kind of f- camping, but they've set the tents up. Yeah. Uh, and there was a there was a bonfire which we were invited to sit around and toast mm. sausages. Now. It it was a cold day, but yeah. next to that fire, I mm. did feel warm. I, I, if I got very close to it, I felt too warm. So what's going on there? There's no such thing as a bonfire. A, a bonfire? No such thing as a bonfire. Okay. No such thing as a bonfire. You've got microwaves. I've mentioned before electric cookers. You've got radiators. Uh-huh. Right. You can't say to me, sit there now and say to me now and prove to me there wasn't a radiator mm. in the field of the glamping mm. and we've all glamped and have you glamped with what what seems to be a fire have, uh, or, or do you, would you not. would you refuse to go somewhere where they they're putting right i just don't want to be near the lies if, if there's any mention of that sort of thing i say okay you have your beliefs right i have mine uh as much as i love glamping i'm not going to listen to the your propaganda when i right. want to uh enjoy um cold play uh, uh-huh. The song "Yellow" that they've got mm-hmm. in, in a festival, but... mm. uh, and that's the—I suppose you said sound, the sound of a fire. I suppose that's just an audio. Uh, that's a recording. That's just—that's um, a bit of plastic. Now, this, this I have here, and I'm glad that you brought this up. I have here a plastic bag. Uh-huh. Okay, now uh, from Uber Eats. Now listen to that. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it sounds possibly like a fire. It's exactly a fire. Right. Yeah. It just seems a lot of effort to, and I don't, again, I'm not saying mm. you're wrong. It seems a lot mm. of effort to go, so for every fire, there's yep. green screening of a yep. uh, computer simulated fire. There's this r- plastic bag rustling for the yep. sound. The heat, I suppose, w- we still haven't, well, what's causing this heat? Oh, uh, radiators. Radiator. You think radiators, right. Uh, a radiator. Who is to um, who is benefiting from this great fire uh, conspiracy? Gordon Brown. Well, Jerry, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. And actually, having a conspiracy theorist on did so well for us numbers-wise. I'm pleased to announce that we're launching Conspiracy Heap. It's a subdivision of Soundy, giving a voice and a platform to conspiracy theorists and all their fun ideas. Conspiracy heap. We believe we have been tricked by the uh, New World Order, the Illuminati, if you will, to believe 
that we have bottoms, or you might call them bums, you might call them butts. It's always a good day to talk about geese in my book. Yes, yes, yes. Awful little bastards. The posteriors, uh, yeah. uh, 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 gluteus maximus. Gluteus maximus, um, yeah. Yeah, some yeah. of the terms. Yeah, some of the terms that they come up with these pseudoscientific. But now I feel I'm only able to eat a supermarket-owned brand. It's too raw to eat Rice Krispies themselves. Conspiracy heap. A, a woman's shin is basically the same size as a child. A goose could eat your children. Maximus is a mind control word. Absolutely right, Hal. It is a mind right? control word. It is an MCW, a mind control yep. word. Yep. They didn't call it gluteus minimus. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you all. Get back into the sea. And failing that, fuck off to space, you dirty crabs. The thing is, um, for um, pigs, uh, they twitch their nipples in the same way that we we would wink. Conspiracy heap. He he's he's the boss of some babies, and then um, uh, and then he gets born, and the baby and the and the bosses, and he has to be. He's a boss baby, but he's so he wears a suit, right? If we're colonising the moon. You know, does that in fact pose an ex- existential threat to the cheese industry on Earth? He gets born in a family, in a suit maybe, and then he's not a boss anymore. Conspiracy heap, because common sense is damn rare. If you're a conspiracy theorist or think it would be fun to be a conspiracy theorist, then Conspiracy Heap has a podcast for you. It's nearly time to say boop boop. There's just time for this week's punch out. This is a new favourite of mine. Uh, do you remember WAP? It was a huge chart hit for Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, and a culturally totemic event. But what does WAP stand for? In WAPcast, host Janae Baudet is joined by a different guest each week, and we listen in as she tells them what WAP means. This week's guest is Stuart Gorp. No. No. Really? No. Wet? As in a vagina. And a... (laughs) Was getting it wet. (laughs) I wonder what's that? Maybe the song says. Wow! And that's available to download. My word. In my day, you'd maybe... You'd release that song, I'm Horny. But it was like, you didn't know what the, No one knew what the word horny was. Everyone knows what is. My word. Huh. God, blimey. What? People are singing that in the streets these days. Because I've been hearing people singing it, but I didn't, I didn't... You walk past, you hear a glimpse of it. Oh, I didn't know that that was the end of it. You hear wet. You don't think is coming after that. You think dog. You think umbrella. Soundheap was presented by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Bilal Zafar, Charlie George, Eleanor Morton, Gareth Gwynn, Jos Norris, Katie Brand, Kevin Eldon, Margaret Cabon Smith, Mark Watson, Paddy Jervers, River Hall, Sammy Shah, Suze Kempner, Stuart Laws, Tom Allen, 
and Tucson Douglas. The original music was by Paddy Jervis and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass, and the producer was Ed Morrish. Soundheap is a Lead Mojo production for Audi. Boop, boop.